Welcome back to the Love and Dubai Show podcast. It is Wednesday morning and we had the OG fashion in studio, Talisaman and Simran grilled her on fashion tips and I'm so glad you did. <laughs> fashion tips, beauty tips, travel tips. She gave us the whole lowdown. So if you guys are interested in like, you know, how to travel light, how to travel safe, what to do with your face, what to do with your clothes. <laughs> yep. She also talked about one of our talk topics this morning, which is why influencers charge what they do. Mm-hmm. Tracy Harmouche, who is another Dubai personality, she defended influencers charging 10K, 20K, 30K a post. It feels like public opinion is against her thought process. I actually have a different thought, so I'd love you to take a listen. Good morning, Dubai. Welcome back to the Love and Dubai show, where we go through the top trending stories that everyone across the country is talking about. Number one, a video that is going viral. Heroic petrol station employees save lives. We'll also be giving you the details on everything you need to know about COP28. Tracy Harmouche defends social media post prices. We want to get your thoughts on this one. And everything you need to know about Tala Samaj is going to be joining us later on the show. She is Instagram's ultimate bombshell. She is gold. She's going to be with us at 8.50. But before we get to all of that, Dubai is a sea of red. And by red, I mean I've opened up ways on my PC and I can just sit on my PC, on my laptop, mm-hmm. and I can see like little dots of traffic everywhere. So if you're sitting in traffic, we feel your pain. My journey to work today took... Uh, 25 minutes longer than usual, which isn't that long in the grand scheme of things, I'm aware, but that's no, just No, but me. it's still, yeah, adds time because usually what your commute is, how long? Uh, well, it's 25 minutes longer than that that route is. That route, yeah. I'm, I mean, like, Hesa Street now, Maybe it's more. a mess. It's one hour, one, like, more than an hour delay. If you're taking Hesa Road, just, if you have to reach somewhere at 9, you have to leave your house at, like, a good 7 a.m. Because Oof. it's so congested and not just Hessa Street, but like Sheikh Zayed Road, you have Al-Khail Road, you have all these like major highways that are choco-blocked at this point. Yeah, when I say 25, I think I was underestimating. Mm. But you know when you're late for work and you're sitting in the car being like, just move. And then you have these drivers coming from both sides. Yeah. And then they're crossing two lanes. And I'm thinking... You're going to make me late. And also, <laughs> it's not helping the traffic flow, yeah. but we'd love to know, have you been stuck in traffic? Is it getting, uh, is it different for you than it is for us? We'd love to know your thoughts. I think for everyone, right? Like, especially those living in those high-rise towers in JLT and they have a full view of Sheikh Zayed Road and they can see like exactly, you can, you can see the buildup, the gradual buildup of traffic from Jebel Ali heading towards Sharjah, especially during peak hours in the mornings and evenings. And it's insane. Like the cars don't move. Like they just don't move for like minutes. Like five minutes, the car will just be in the same place. Yeah. And there's no real hacks. Yeah. It just it is what it is. It's a busier time of year. If you're traveling in peak school hours, it's going to be busy. What yeah. you can do is ask your employer for a late start or an early start yeah. to switch your day. That would be something. Imagine you start at six and you end at four. Dream. Or, yeah. <laughs> or you start at 11 and end at eight. You know, whatever. You could potentially move your traffic times. Also, do check Waze. Mm-hmm. I use Waze a bit and it gives you alternative routes. So yeah. I was sitting in this like on moving traffic. which was going to take how long? And then it directed me, it was a 20-minute detour, but it was still going to be quicker than the oh, non-moving nice. traffic. So do check ways for alternative routes. You might be lucky. There's smart drive as well, but I, I don't think Google Maps gives you alternative routes. Like, it doesn't suggest, like, two or three routes. Like, just when you're on the way, it'll suggest, like, okay, this is a, you know, like, there's less traffic this way. But that's when you're already on the route. 
I just trust in the power of Waze. Waze. Are you guys Waze users? It, it's, a lot of people have yeah. switched. And yeah. Shanaz, actually, one of the girls in the office, she hadn't heard of it. I was like, you need to get on it because, first of all, it tells you the road to take off. So mm. it's really easy to navigate. And also it gives you quicker to work journeys. And also gives you the speed limits, right, for each road. Warns you on that. <laughs> and what did you hear say? <laughs> Christina Aguilera can speak to you and Roger Federer. Wow. Yeah. So he's That's there telling you to like take the next left. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you've done that really well. You're thinking, thanks very much, Roger. <laughs> oh, they compliment you. That's so cute. Ways is the new ways. Ways is the new ways. If you're not on it, it's an alternative to Google Maps. And It, uh, and the best thing about it is you can update it. So when I was in traffic this morning, I was like, Waze, this is what's going on. And I joined all the other Wazers and it tells you how long this person uh, has been joined Waze for. So like seven years, five years. I'm kind of new to the game. What? You can see other people who are on the app? Just their profile. So if they've alerted that there's, for example, an accident or uh, oh. a hazard coming up, okay, it alerts you and then you can just see something small. So their Waze name. Oh. and how long they've been Wazers for. That's actually so cool. It's cute. It is, yeah, because, I mean, you get live updates from people, like drivers themselves, but is that a good way? Like, how can you verify that if someone reports an accident and there's actually no accident there? Well, I mean, how many people are going to fake report an accident? But what they do is if you're then passing the spot that someone has just reported a fake thing, they ask you to verify. And mm. I'm sure they wait for a couple of verifications before they alert to the masses. Okay, makes sense. And But I, that's yeah. really, that's a cool feature. And then the alerting you of the speed limits, mm. I'll tell you, Game as pleasure. you come closer, it shines up red. So you know to be at the specific speed limit. It is a game changer. Complete game changer. That's so cool. So ways, right? That's what you recommend. That's what we recommend. So all the My, motorists out there. All the motorists out there, if you're stuck in traffic, also... this show becomes podcast format. So if you're sitting in traffic and want to keep your eyes on the road, turn on the podcast and then you can hear it without having to watch. Exactly. And we do have voices for the faces for the radio. <laughs> um, let's jump into our top story. We're talking about a heroic petrol station. Employees have saved lives. Dubai police have honored this heroic act after petrol station employees were seen on camera putting out a fire. Now, recognition is so important, especially for a heroic deed like this one. So Enoch Petrol Station employees bravely extinguished a vehicle on fire, saving tons of lives and resources in the process. So we have, like Casey said, a very heroic act over here. And anyone in that situation would just not even think twice and, you know, make a run for it. Not be in the scene whatsoever. But then you have these individuals that really, you know, just... Go for know, it. Yeah, they, they action. They don't think they action it. And it's incredible. And it's easier said than done, right? Like, oh, this person saved the day. This person went and put out that fire. But it takes a lot of courage. This to- is in a petrol station. Yeah. As in, like, the any wrong move. And it could have, you know, potentially been uh, tragic. So amazing that they had the bravery to jump in. I always think of the Zoolander movie. Have you seen that scene? But it's those five models in a Jeep. And they roll up to the petrol station. They're all having great fun. They're drinking. They're dancing. And then one of them, <laughs> when they start, like, spraying petrol all around each other, it's like a... a a dance montage oh. and then one of them likes the cigarette and they all just go in flames no i didn't see that zoolander that's what yeah that's zoolander what is the one with the slots right zoolander is no, the ben stiller movie and he's ben a stiller. model 
I was looking. I was thinking of the cartoon, but no, I haven't seen it. I don't think so. No, no, can't really. <laughs> okay. um, anyway, it's incredible that Dubai Police have made the effort to honor these heroic workers. So not only is Enoch appreciating them, Dubai Police is too, which is just incredible. Let's jump into our next story. We're talking all things COP28 because it's just around the corner. Exactly. So COP28, a global spectacle focused on tackling climate change. Uh, that is what that is. Uh, and COP28 or the 28th session of the UNFCC's conference of the parties is a critical moment for transformative climate action worldwide. The summit is primarily for stakeholders and world leaders. But remember, we're all equally responsible in the fight against climate change. So if you were curious about COP28 and what's in store, then here is the lowdown. Yes, it's exciting to be able to bring it to you all in a summarized format. So COP28 will be hosted at Expo City Dubai. It's kicking off November 30 to Tuesday, December 12th. And imagine an influx of people all wanting to attend this incredible event. The UAE takes the helm this year, seeking to unite the world and to find ambitious solutions to the most pressing global challenge. So it will be a gathering of world leaders. COP28 is a part of an ongoing effort to combat climate change. As we reach the halfway point between the Paris Agreement and 2030, the focus is clear. Reduce emissions by 43%, adapt finance climate action and address loss and damage. This event is where world leaders from 199 parties, 198 states plus the European Union come together to collaborate on climate solutions. And it will be divided into two two zones, the blue zone and green zones. The blue zone is where you'll find the World Climate Action Summit, country pavilions, panel discussions, roundtables and cultural events. It will be open to the public, while the green zone welcomes delegates, private and public sector representatives, NGOs and everyone interested. So uh, blue zone for the likes of you and me, green zone for the VIP delegates who are more invested in the conversations will be able to make those changes. It- No, no, green zone is for the public. Oh, no, the green zone welcomes delegates, private, public sector. Okay. Representatives. So we have two zones. <laughs> we have two zones. And the climate action on a global scale. So COP28 is a prime opportunity to realign with the Paris Agreement's goals, like we mentioned. And the world uh, agreed in 2015 to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2015, which requires having emissions by 2030. So expect discussions on sustainable land use, resilient agriculture, enhanced nutrition, reduced climate impacts of farming. And the key messaging from COP28 and all of the COPs are unite, act and deliver. So COP28 will respond to the facts, striving to reduce emissions by 43% by 2030 and chart a course for adaptation, finance and addressing loss and damage. So um, apart from climate change, they'll also be exploring cutting-edge technologies, which are, of course, related to climate change as well. Innovations aimed at combating um, all of these issues and learn about the decarbonization efforts, sustainable energy solutions, and the latest advancements in environmental preservation. So you have all of these um, many... topics that will be discussed during the summit and it's such an important summit to be having like we said yesterday at a crucial time like this and i think because it's on our doorstep we're going to be more keenly aware of the initiatives and the updates and what the uae is doing in advance which i think is super important mm-hmm. which is also a kind of a, a green light for us to kind of look at be inspired for change on an individual level also look at you know companies on a bigger level but it is it is nice that it's on our doorstep so we can kind of watch the changes unfold and exactly. then kind of and after as you said like this is time when changes will be made and those ambitious plans will be put in place and it really is about what happens after so 
will be keenly aware and we'll be yeah. watching that um, with interest. That's so true. And the summit has so many opportunities for people to get involved, for the youth to get involved and volunteer. Really? Amazing. Yeah. So it's uh, happening at Expo 2020, not Expo 2020, Dubai Expo City. And uh, those who wish to be a part of this can get on their website and you guys can volunteer and you guys can be a part of it and just, you know, contribute to something so much bigger than all of us. So true. And my mum watches the show. She loves to volunteer. She loves an expo moment. So she's going to be there with her hat on, ready to greet you, I have no doubt. Um, <laughs> let's jump into our next story. We're talking about Tracy Harmouche's defending social media post prices. So influencing is a little bit like Marmot. While the role uh, in the professional zone is still evolving, people do call into a question of the authenticity of posts, unrealistic standard setting, and probably most commonly, the charges related to some of the most successful influ- uh, influential social social media accounts. So at last count, uh, the world's youngest social media, um, the world's youngest self-made billionaire, Kylie Jenner, she has an account, uh, she's one of the most top 20 accounts in the world. She reportedly can earn $1.8 million per post. Okay, so that sounds like a lot posting a snap on the uh, on Instagram. So like the next question would be, why aren't we all doing it? Yes. And uh, well, the charges are based on a bunch of reasons and the local personality, Tracy Harmouche, um, she used her platform of 434,000 uh, plus followers. And uh, just to explain exactly what some of the influencers are charging and why they're charging as much as they do. Yeah, so she basically, um, she was like uh, people charging 10, 20, 30K a post. She compared it to other professions. So for example, uh, a real estate commission. Mm-hmm. You know, why do they charge that money? Is it um, you just jump into the role and you're able to do that? Not really. It's, you know, X number of years of brand building. It's, um, you know, developing relationships, having a, a, an aesthetic, having a personality that a brand wants to be connected with. Yeah. So that's what she was saying. Um, and then you can see the debate rolling in the comments because there's arguments for both sides. So, so like when I saw the comments on her post, mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying, well, what about doctors and X, Y, and Z? Why aren't they getting this money? Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, like you see both the sides because people are on, people are saying that this is uh, very much uncalled for. Like the amount that influencers charge compared to what they do and their services, you know, and what doctors and engineers and those kind of professions, what they, you know, like the kind of service they provide, it's just not on par. I. Uh, But then you have I'm comments. Go, I'm going to go against the probably public opinion here that like. If I could charge, and if you, like, put the question to you, if you could charge $10,000 to put a picture on Instagram today, would you do it? Absolutely. Who would, like, as in who wouldn't? It's easy money. But you don't, and I don't, because we can't. Because yeah. we haven't put the work in, like, uh, you know, building up your profile, posting consistently, building up an engaged audience, yada, yada, yada. Is it easier if you compare it to a doctor or whatever? Fine. But there's plenty. I think it's unfair to compare doctors and influencers because what about our hosting job? You know, like mm-hmm. if I compare my salary with a junior doctor in NHS, it might be similar. Am I saving lives? Absolutely not. And I don't pretend to be. Mm. But it's just the maybe the country that I'm in and the role that I'm doing in comparison. So I think it's unfair to pick out obviously a, an incredible job that's saving lives and pitted against. I think that's um, not a fair way to look at the conversation. 
you have a point, honestly. I mean, I see it now when you put it that way. There's both sides. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and uh, other comments, it's, it's like a very market-driven uh, job that you're doing, being a, a blogger, influencer, content creator, because what you are advertising on your pages, like the masses are going out and buying it. Right. And that's contributing to the market. And accordingly, you should be getting a percentage of what you're, uh, of, you know, what's being sold. So that's one sense of it. And of course, like even doctors in the profession, if we're taking that as an example, even the most skilled doctors will be in demand and will charge accordingly. So when it comes to content creators, the more in demand you are, you will charge accordingly because it's like demand, supply, and it goes with like any profession. True. So, Trying to get a consultant in yeah. a specific field is not cheap. But then, of yeah. course, you're going to pay for it. It's health and it's important. But exactly as you said, influence is now looked at as a commodity. It, it's it's, it's a, a something that brands are willing to pay for. Back in the day, brands were like, okay, I'll pay a million to be on a billboard, on the social media, on the front cover of Vogue. Yeah. Now they see that influence is actually on your phone and they want to be on your phone. So they're paying for that. And the people who are hustling, yeah. and we're going to have Talas Aman uh, on, a, on the show with us right after this. It'll be great to get her thoughts on it. But people are hustling behind the scenes. So it's easy. I just think that it's really easy to criticize yeah. an aesthetic that looks like they're living a perfect life because it's nice pictures and da da da. But at the same time, you don't it's, know it's very one. easy to throw stones. But like, you're also not like, Why don't, why don't we charge 10K for posts? Because we're not doing it and no one else is doing it. So yeah. well done to the people who like, like, because, because you could. Ugh, I'm not making a point here. I think when you're good at your job and people, when you're good yeah. at what you do, yeah, people like, you know, it shows with your followers, with your engagements. And, but you know, the one comment that really like struck out to me is the fact that um, someone's like, more and more people want to become an influencer now, like the new generation, instead of getting into like, Professions such as engineering True. and architecture and um, uh, like, you know, medicine, like they don't want that anymore because this is fast and easy money. That's how they see it, right? Like post a couple of pictures, look cute, show a couple of products, you know, push it out and then you'll influence someone or the other because anything and ev content, every content has an audience. Like there is nothing that you can put out and no one's going to like resonate with it with out of the 8 billion people on this planet. So, I mean, yeah, that was a very valid point that was made. And it's actually interesting to see, like, where we're heading. And similar to that, someone said it's not a long game. So, therefore, if the person is able to uh, get that money for a post, why not? Because you may not be in the industry for that long. We don't know where the industry is going to go. We don't yeah, know where yeah. eyeballs will be next. Anyway, sure. we'd love your thoughts on that. Um, we have seen the comments come through on Instagram and it's a very uh, divided amount. People are saying teachers should be able to charge 10K per child for the years of experience and expertise on them, becoming a doctor, influencer, whatever they choose to become. Uh, it looks easy, but gets zero respect. Um, other people are supporting it. Uh, some people saying she's absolutely right. It's a great debate. Now, 8.47, Wednesday morning, we're about to be joined by Talisaman, the person behind a, uh, my fat diary. She's going to be with us right after this very short break. Stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to Love and Dubai show. You might know our next guest by her Instagram handle, My Fash Diary. She is a lit, legit OG Dubai blogger. She's also a DJ with skills who has opened for the likes of Dua Lipa, Lana Del Rey, and at Lewis Hamilton's championship party at F1. Welcome to the show, Talisaman. Thank you so much Hi. for joining us. 
How are you? Great to have you here. Thank you. Honestly, you are Instagram's and Dubai's biggest bombshell. We love following you, and I think we've been following you for the longest time. Thank you. So your fashion game, so on point. Is it you, or do you have a stylist? No, I style myself. <laughs> I went to fashion school. Always thought I was gonna end up in the fashion industry full time. Where do like do, are, are you buying online? Are you going to the stores? Because guys, if you follow Tala, like her looks are goals. Like they're they're seriously influential. So where do you get your clothes from? Um, I probably shop ninety five percent of my closet online, mm-hmm. and then tr- the five the five percent when I travel. Interesting. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you have like a mix of different. Yeah, I just I find sh- uh, online shopping so efficient. Your go to brands. Um, I shop on Revolve a lot, which is a multi-brand online mm. store. Yeah, and they've just come to the UAE. Yeah. Um. So I came to the UAE about 10 years ago, and I was in Abu Dhabi. Then I moved to Dubai, and you were, I think, one of the first people I became aware of. I don't even remember if I had Instagram, but I must have had Instagram, and I was following you way back when. I love that. Um. <laughs> and you are also legitimately one of the first to buy bloggers. How did that start? I know. I I only say this now because it's such an oversaturated industry. Um. I started when I was at uni. I uh, was at LCF, London College of Fashion, and blogs just kind of started. Started. Brian Boy was, uh, I don't know if you guys know Brian Boy, but he was blogging from the US. And um, I just got on that bandwagon and I started off just blogging and it was friends that were reading the site. And um, eventually just, I guess, Facebook times, it just, you know, friends were sharing it with other friends. And um, yeah, the site would crash because I... I guess it didn't, um, yeah, it couldn't take a bunch of people going on at the same time. It was before Instagram's time. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how I started. And, um, you know, at the beginning, we were like five bloggers here in Dubai pretty much for the first three years. And now it's a whole industry. Now people are moving here to blog. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and uh, your blog initially did it make money, or how? Like, do you have a job, and was this something you did on the side, or did you dedicate your full time to it? So I started it when I was a student at uni. So the first three years of my blog was I was a student. Mm. Um, and to be honest, no, like people. I mean, gifting was a big deal. Like if you got gifted, it was like, oh my god, that's so special. <laughs> But. Um, My first meeting was with Procter and Gamble, and probably a year after I started. And honestly, the meeting was pretty much just to understand what a blog was and how they could kind of be a part of it. And but even at the beginning, it was now we call that barter's, right? Like just getting free product in return for content. But it wasn't till I graduated, so I ended up um, getting poached for a job as a fashion editor. And I did that once I graduated from university. It wasn't until, like, so I guess four years in where people were getting money. And why do you think your blog blew up? Like, why do you think your website crashed? Because crashing a website is not an easy <laughs> thing. It, it rarely happens now for anything. It, maybe when Coldplay came to Expo, that was once. <laughs> what, I mean, to be fair, on? it was before Instagram's time. So people had more time to, like, spend time on other it was twitter was there facebook was there but there wasn't really like content visual content that people could um look at and i think i was just lucky that i was i i started at an early time when um yeah and i guess i i I was super authentic and that's what i think we kind of lost and i think people are getting back to that that authenticity of sharing things that you genuinely like that you recommend versus like 
brands pushing product on on you and you having to blog about it or post about it because you're getting paid to. Mm. I mean, okay, so from all of us, like, you know, our perspectives, it looks like the dream job, just looking so <laughs> stunning on Instagram and like travel and fashion, glam. What's the most challenging part of all of it for you? I mean, that's what we have to show, right? Because no one really wants to see the, mm. like, the boring part of it. But, um, yeah, like, so I, yeah. But tell us, like, what the challenges, like, you face, like, you know, like, do you have uh, creative blocks where you don't, where a brand approaches you, like, we want to promote this and you just don't know how to or how to go about it? Listen, I genuinely, I, the reason I even started the blog was I would genuinely discover things and want to share. I just have that in me. So I think I'm never, I don't really go and write down, like, oh, my God, I'm going to post about these things that week. Um, I genuinely feature things that I discover, learn. Um, I kind of feel, feel like that whole thing is like an online community, right? Like I'm learning from people. I'm sharing things I learn from experts that I get to meet within events or in my, yeah. Interesting. Someone said it is like a dream job. And what we were talking about before, uh, one of the parts of the conversation that we had was that a lot of people now want to become influencers. So they don't want to go down a traditional route of like doctor, lawyer, engineer, sorry, mom. They want to do influencing. <laughs> do you have advice? Like, uh, like, therefore, like, what are the hardships and do you have advice for wannabe influencers? Well, first of all, because I know you guys were talking about the Tracy Harmouche. Did you guys talk about it? Mm-hmm. I saw it on the page mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, I think people always think that is what the industry is when it really isn't. These are like the highs. These are like people that have worked for so many years and have built such a strong following. The majority are people that are trying to build that following. And if you're actually doing it authentically and organically, that takes time. And it's, um, you know, it doesn't equal money. You know, a lot of time, like you have to do this for so long till you start getting paid stuff. So, um I guess do it for the right reasons and I find that like you know nowadays influencers are people that are experts in their fields so it's you know I feel I feel like a music producer is an influencer or like a doctor can be an influencer Um, and I think that's the route that it's That's so true. Mm-hmm. I think if you know how to curate content, anyone can basically step into, you know, the influencer world. Uh, but is it intimidating for you, like seeing how, you know, it's such a fast moving game. Like, you know, sometimes reels pick up and TikToks pick up like a new trend, this, that. Is it like for you, do you feel like you need to be on this or you do you? you know, I know you it's so face? overwhelming. <laughs> um, you know what? I have to, like, I guess, you know, TikTok, I felt like it took me so long to get on it because mm-hmm. I was just trying to see if it was relevant to my viewers, my community, and if it was something that, you know, made sense for me content-wise. And yeah, that's the thing. You never know what the next year would bring. Like, I think when I first started my blog, I definitely didn't know that, first of all, Instagram was going to launch or blow up or everything was going to move there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, People don't really blogs anymore. Like, people have less time on their hands and People just want to digest quick content and yeah, yeah. I want to jump into your DJing just a little bit because yeah. we mentioned some really cool <laughs> gigs that you've had. Um, when did that start? And uh, what is Dua Lipa like in person? I'm, I'm like the biggest fan. <laughs> um, so I started in 2015, and um, well, started. I started a year ago taking classes. There was a sound academy here, and I kind of did it on the down low because I was. 
pure fashion at that point and I just felt like it would be weird to tell anyone that I was taking class DJing classes um, I had a lot of friends in the music industry and I just wanted to give it a go and uh, a year later long story short an agent suggested that why don't you start DJing for brands that you were working with anyways because you were going to these events why don't you start playing at these events and that's how I started and realized that you know what I do enjoy it and I want to do more of that that's kind of how it's how it started. And Dua Lipa, I didn't get to meet her personally. She was backstage, but mm-hmm. I I don't know, I get so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't meet her? Like I saw her. I was prepping while she was around. You know, it's she she won the she just um I think she won a Brit Award that the day before and yeah, she came straight to, to Abu Dhabi and she was rehearsing, so I just didn't wanna like go and fangirl and I would go be up the to same. And say hi. I would like, I just I'd like watch for a distance, maybe take a cheeky pic, but yeah. I could go up, you know. I get that. I get that. But that, gets but that was good enough. Mm-hmm. I love her. But that's so gutsy that you know you wanted you had friends in the industry, you wanted to get into it, so you took classes and then you jumped right into that too. Like not the you know chilled out gigs, but like the major. I mean ones. that that took honestly speaking, that took time. That took time till I think. Three years into me DJing, I got the Dua Lipa, and that was like one of the biggest things that I did. And over time, I did I did Lana Del Rey at uh, F1, I think two years ago. Mm. But uh, but it but it but it took time. I know these are the ones that I'll push. <laughs> and Lewis, and Lewis Hamilton championship party. What, what's the celeb scene like there at these parties? Wild. Like I was like, what? These people are not happy. You need to send us the pics. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Okay. But um, I love it. You know, um, getting to play for a brand, and I I get to. To play for brands that I've always admired, and yeah, getting to do the music aspect, which is the more creative aspect, and working with them on. Do you um, have a go-to DJ move, like when you're on the deck? <laughs> no, definitely not. No, <laughs> everyone, most DJs have like a signature move. I don't. <laughs> I always, because our job is sometimes to go around and we're taking events, and then I always feel like I'm putting the DJ under pressure if I have to take a video because mm-hmm. they have to be like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Like, Everyone's what? like, do a move. I'm like, what move? <laughs> <laughs> It's tricky. So, where does your passion really lie in future? Are you looking more music or continuing the blogging route? So you know what? For the longest time, I was trying. to find that balance and I always say that I feel like I finally got that balance a year and a half ago I felt like it was always either or and I hated choosing either or because I love creating content but I never loved the part of brands pushing content on me I just felt like the way I built that Mm. following was based on me sharing things I genuinely liked like I I definitely buy more than 50% of what I actually post Um, and I felt like the mu- having music as a like side side hustle or side career made it a little easier for me to be more genuine because I didn't have to just do that full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you, no, <laughs> I need to ask. This. Like, come on, like fashion advice. Like, what are your go-to fashion tips for like everyone watching and wanting to not get into the fashion world, but like just wanting good fashion tips. You know what? Years ago, I would have been like, the trends this season are X, Y, Z. But now I'm really? like, you know what? <laughs> But now I'm like, you know what? Wear what what no. you feel good in. Yeah, like, no, feel- we're not going to accept that from like the biggest fashion bloggers in Dubai. Like uh, Stealth Wealth or, you know, what, what is in or what were some like 
go-to ways to accessorize you can't go wrong with any of those tips honestly right now i'm obsessed with blazers i've been obsessed with them so i have a whole closet of just blazers suits um and i'm obsessed with them because i feel like you can pair them up and you can wear them together you can wear them day or night or you can wear a blazer and jeans or denim mm-hmm. cutoffs um but i don't have like i just Casey? <laughs> blazers you know what, I'm thinking, I've got two in my cupboard I haven't worn them in a while tomorrow tomorrow blazers. <laughs> yeah. but let's rock a blazer tomorrow hon- honestly I'm just yeah I'm over these like following a trend just because it's in wear what looks good on you what you feel good in um yeah no, you know that kind of advice doesn't resonate with no because you're gonna look back I feel good in crocs <laughs> do I look good in crocs but you're gonna look back five years later or eight years later and you're gonna be like why did I wear that it didn't even look good on me it was just trendy at that time mm. so now I'm like I'm gonna wear what looks good on me <laughs> I wanted to ask speaking of following trends a lot of people to grow their profile you mentioned people become more authentic. So people will share their relationship traumas or their work roles or whatever is going on in their life with their family and because that's authentic and therefore drives engagement. Do you make a, pers- a, a personal decision to keep your personal life private? Yeah, so that's something I I avoid and I have nothing against anyone that does it. I think the great thing is people will always relate to anything when you're being authentic, but I've kind of stuck to My, my blog started off being fashion, beauty, travel, and food. And that's kind of what I, what I still, yeah, it's just things that, the, yeah, yeah. Because the people want to know. <laughs> you know, I just, I feel like the more you let people know, the more they think that they can give their opinions mm-hmm. and give their, yeah, take. And I choose to keep that. private so well that's really interesting because i was going to finish off by asking now if you have more questions three, <laughs> but finish off by asking three tips for you know growing a brand and i'm assuming one would be if you want to keep your private but what are you for three tips to grow a brand online what would they be hmm i mean be authentic that's something that i've always learned you know a lot of people are like oh my god what do my readers want to see or what do people want to see from me but i'm like no because if you are looking at this in the long run, like be yourself and that's why people follow you. Um, yeah, and I guess like be classy, whatever that means to anyone. And um, yeah, and you said the third one. <laughs> okay, sorry, we're just gonna ask you a couple more tips because I feel like you know everything about this industry. So can we just get a couple of travel and beauty tips? Travel and beauty tips. Or hacks. Okay. Um, travel, packing cubes saved my life this mm. summer. I don't packing know if you cubes? guys, yeah, you buy them on Amazon and they're literally little bags that you stuff things in. First of all, it organi- organizes your entire suitcase, but then it compresses everything. So you mm. fit a lot more in. So that is one. And second, because I lost my bag all summer last year. Um, so I learned a few tips with traveling is always have an air tag in every bag. Mm-hmm. Um, And do not get a black bag because it will be hard to find. <laughs> black bag. No yeah. black bags. Because honestly, I think I lost my bag for three weeks because it was black. And they just, it's the hardest thing for pe- for airport staff to find. Black and bags. I learned that. Yeah. Because everyone has so many of them. Yeah, because okay. everyone has a black bag. I picked up someone else's bag and brought it from New York to South Carolina once. You're kidding. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you never said this before. Every time we spoke about traveling, like, 
a billion times. <laughs> never had you ever. That is actually my that. biggest nightmare. So sorry. Someone taking your luggage. Yeah, <laughs> and taking it to another state. I like fell. I went to a hotel in New York. Didn't open it because I had another bag. And then got down to my next destination, and there I was with a whole big suitcase that wasn't mine. And then the lady whose suitcase I'd taken realized that clearly our bags were quite similar, so she left mine in the airport, and she figured out the return. Oh my goodness! (laughs) (laughs) I just got off a long flight. I was tired. I think it's time for all of us to engrave our suitcases with our names. That's no, honestly, I learned the hard way. Losing my bags. Yeah, I didn't have my bag all summer last year. Because these are things you hear happen to people and you're like, it's not going to happen to you. It happened to me. And when it happens to you. (laughs) You learn. (laughs) Uh, Travel hacks and then? Beauty hacks. Beauty hacks. Um, Skincare is key. And I realize when when your skin's great, everything else looks great. Like Whereas if your skin's not doing great, whatever makeup you put, it's not going to look fresh or, Mm -hmm. or great. Um, yeah, so that's my thing, skincare right now. And how do you achieve skincare? Like, what's your, is it like, don't take your makeup off or take your makeup off? <laughs> Imagine, don't take your makeup off. No, um, don't drink yeah, a lot of water. Definitely, n- never sleep with makeup on. But to me, honestly, I would always try, you know, brands would send all these things and I'd get excited and i try all these products. And I realized that actually simplicity is key. Like, I... Right now, I'm using a very basic skincare, a very basic serum. And I honestly think when you go down to basics, you just have less on your skin, less less pore clogging products, less um, less happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And it can calm down. So it like takes the cakey look completely away. Yeah, I just I feel like when your skin's glowy and hydrated, I just feel makeup sits better. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so now I just invest into skincare versus... So it's a face masks and moisturizing. And yeah, like good tool. products that work f- for you. Because I also learned like what might work for you guys won't work for me. Mm-hmm. And that like takes time to like figure out what. Uh, you know, all my life I thought toners were useless. I just want to know, are they? No, they're good. <laughs> they're good. They're yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. They're good. They're good. It's like the last, <laughs> the last wipe before you go to bed. Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Now I know how it works. <laughs> okay, it is 9.08 on Wednesday morning, and we have just had a chat with Dubai's OG fashion influencer, thank who is Fashion Goals me. Talisman. Thank you so much thank for joining you. us. Guys, that is it for us on the Love of Dubai show this morning. We're back with you tomorrow morning, same time, same place. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Bye.